Sole Source is a podcast made by women for women. We're looking at the topics that are influencing women and the world they live in, and we're shedding a light on those topics. We're speaking with the national experts. We're bringing you the stories you're only going to hear here. Don't miss out on being in the know. Subscribe to Soul Source wherever you listen to podcasts today and leave us a review. This part's really important. That way, we can continue to bring you the content you love each and every week. So, buckle up, Soul Source Society, because we're about to get started. His first question was, How can you do that? You have three kids. And the response, and I didn't say it, someone responded on, another man responded on my behalf and said, hold on there, you would not say that if she was a male candidate. Hi, I'm Katie. And I'm Tracy. Back in December, Raquel talked with Beth Borgen, the first female president of Lakeland University. It is one of our favorite Soul Source episodes and one that we want to share with you again today. Yeah, definitely. It's about career and life balance and women in leadership roles. As young moms, both Katie and I are young moms, making family and career work together is really important to us. And for both of us, it was incredibly important to find an employer that recognizes the work that's required when we're at home too. Yeah, seriously. And Redshoes has really been that for us. I I have a two-year-old son at home, as you know, and he is living on toddler time. We all are. And so it's really, really helpful for me to be able to come into work and leave to go home when it works for me. Mm-hmm. Toddler time like that, because I get it. Yeah. <laughs> Their schedule, not ours. <laughs> right. Yeah. And for me, it's really, you know, when it's the end of the day, it's the end of the day at work. I can go home then and enjoy my time with kids. And, and if I do need to log on to do something, it's really more my choice. And Beth is doing the same thing uh, for employees at Lakeland University, too. She understands that work-life balance, how healthy it is, and, and how necessary it really is. Yeah, so take a listen to one of our favorite episodes, and maybe you'll be able to embrace some of the new ways of working that Beth talks about. Hello, I'm Raquel Amell, host of Soul Source. I hope you're all having a great day out there. Today, I want to talk about something impacting the ladies, career and life balance. It's something that both men and women struggle with, but for some reason, it just seems that it impacts women more. I recently read an article in The Atlantic written by Anne-Marie Slaughter on why women still can't have it all. This article talked about the demands of a career the author worked in Washington and juggling a family life. It said that unless women are given flexible schedules, they can't have it all. Well, I pose that question to many of our followers on the Soul Source Society Facebook page, and your responses were very interesting. Many of you disagreed with the author and said, yes, women can have it all, just not at the same time, or that it depends on what all means to each individual woman. This got me thinking about my life personally. I've worked in two different careers in my life, at least major ones. I'm not counting the uh, cashiering jobs I had in high school and college. And I was a television news reporter for a period of time, and I work in public relations agency now. In one career, I had very little flexibility with my hours, and in another, I had a lot of flexibility. I'm currently pregnant, due in April, with my first child. He'll be a little boy. I find myself thinking a lot about how I would handle this pandemic, my husband's non-flexible paper mill work schedule, and my previous career as a journalist with this baby. You see, as a TV news reporter, you have to go where the news is. That means I was on the road. If breaking news hit and my news director wanted me to cover something, I had to go, whether that meant pulling a double shift or not. How would I find childcare for my soon-to-be-here son with a schedule like that and a husband who works shift work and just can't flex his schedule? 
I know women do this every day, but I can't help thinking it'd be a heck of a lot easier if employers could accommodate life and work. And I do believe this pandemic has shown in many cases people can still achieve the work that needs to be done with a more flexible schedule. My guest today is a woman who has found a way to have it all, so to speak. She's breaking the glass ceiling, becoming the first female president at Lakeland University in its more than 100-year history. And she's shaking things up to accommodate for a more flexible schedule for employees at the university. Beth Borgen is my guest today. Beth, I am so honored to have you on the show. Welcome to Soul Source. Thank you so much. I think this is really exciting to be talking with you today, and I'm happy you're here. I think your story is going to resonate with a lot of our listeners. So first off, congratulations on becoming the first woman president at the university. That's got to feel amazing. Thank you. Certainly. Um, It's been an interesting journey, and I'm excited and humbled to take on the new role. Can you remind me where Lakeland University is exactly? Because there's a few different branches, right? Sure. Yes. So Lakeland University has really three different types of colleges. We have our traditional campus, which is the typical 18-year-old population out of high school. There's about between 700 and 800 students, and that's located in Plymouth, Wisconsin. Then we also have seven adult education centers around the state, and that is a lot of times women balancing jobs, school, children, um, evening, weekend, and online coursework, undergraduate and graduate programs, um, and that's seven locations around the state. And we also have a campus in Tokyo, an associate's degree program in, in Tokyo. Wow, that's impressive. So I want to talk with you about this position that you're in. First, a female president at the university. Walk me through that. How does that happen? Sure. So I've been blessed to be at Lakeland for um, 15 years now in various roles. And I always found myself working for men, um, which was fine. And I learned a lot. I learned a lot about different styles. Um, I've been fortunate to work at a place that has been flexible. Um, I've had three children since I've been there. I also went through a graduate program and a doctoral program while having those three children and working full time and and being a mom Um, and also having a husband with a demanding job. So um, at Lakeland, as, as I mentioned, I always had a male boss. I never envisioned myself becoming president. It was not on my bucket list, nothing I ever fathomed even thinking about uh, until I was encouraged by one of my male bosses to think about it. So it was interesting that it was nothing I ever aspired to do. Um, and when it was first brought to my attention, I didn't necessarily think I had it in me to do it, um, but I was encouraged by a male role model. Um, to get my doctorate degree and that there was no reason why I wouldn't be able to do something like this. Now, when you found out you got the role, what was going through your head? It was, it's, it was an amazing journey. Um, as you might imagine with that type of search, it is a long process. Um, I've been through so many interviews that you can't even <laughs> begin to imagine. Um, but it was really exciting. I I hadn't thought too much about the female piece of it until I was further along into the process. Um, And when I came home and first told my kids, I've got two girls and a boy, the girls, when I told them I was the first female president and they're 10 and 12, they didn't get it. They, They didn't understand why that was a big deal, which to me was incredibly rewarding that that generation didn't make anything of it that why, of course, why wouldn't there be a female president? Um, it was unexpected, but I really enjoyed hearing that from them. Awesome. They're seeing everyone as equal. That's a good sign for our future. I like that. 
So what do you think your appointment to this position means about the time that we're living in? I mean, Kamala Harris, she's just appointed vice president for the United States. First woman to do that. Biden, President Biden has appointed several women to first time roles. And this is kind of a monumental point in time we're living in. Do you feel the weight of that a little bit? I do. I think it's a really um, interesting time for us, an opportunity for us, um, not only in politics, but I was participating in another um, conference with first-time presidents from all around the country, and there were probably about 45 of us or so on the call, and it was really cool to see, I want to say almost 10 women that said, I am the first female president of XYZ University. So it was neat to see in higher education that there is momentum and there is um, definitely more women taking on leadership roles. Awesome. So talk with me a little bit about the responsibilities that you have as boss lady on campus, as well as mother. How are those responsibilities different than some of the, the, the normal roles? I mean, this role has traditionally been filled by men. So how do your responsibilities differ from the traditional people in this role? Yeah, great question. I think one of the um, interesting pieces about this presidency, not only being female, but being a mother and having three young children, um, I think it's going to really add to the campus community. Part of um, my job will include living on campus. My family is moving to the campus. We will be at different campus activities. We'll be inviting students to our home. I think it, I hope, will be really great for our students to see a strong female leader on campus, but also a strong female leader that has a family and has kids and makes them a part of the career. So I'm really excited selfishly for my family because I think what a cool place to grow up I, for my eight-year-old, 10-year-old, 12-year-old, but also to be a role model and to show young women on campus that you, you can have it all if you choose to have it all and you work hard. Absolutely. It's, it's just, it's a juggling act, isn't it? It certainly is. And, and for, I think, and you know, my, I officially take the role January 1st. I, I think it's going to be incredibly important to find those opportunities outside of the normal office hours where I don't want to be working in the evenings and not be around for my family. So how can I engage my family in those evening activities? And I'm looking forward to doing that. And to that point, you know, you're, you're living this and you're also trying to practice what you preach. I talked with you a little bit before we got on here. You're kind of changing the structure of the way things kind of work at Lakeland. Tell me a little bit about what you're doing there. Yes, I'm going to be meeting with our leadership team actually next week um, to unveil some new ideas and to talk about expectations and roles. As in probably any organization right now, we've found ourselves working around the clock. Um, it's an interesting year. And it's not sustainable for us to continue to work at the pace we're at. We all have families. We all have lives. Um, it would be healthier for all of us and healthier for our students and the success of the university if we all get more work-life balance. So my goal as the leader is to set the example. And I'm going to set some very strict rules and, and share them with my team members and encourage them to consider something similar, but make very clear that there are hours that I am simply not available. If it's an emergency, call my cell phone. I am not checking email. Um, I'm going to be sure I have dinner times set aside to be with my family, whether it be in our home or whether it be in the cafeteria with students. I'm not sure yet. Um, I'm really going to strongly encourage folks to take vacation. I think so many of us did not take vacation this year. 
um, it, it's just been a challenging year and it, it's no downfall to anyone. Everyone's just been working extra hard. Um, but I think we have a great team. We trust one another. But I think if we all get on the same page in terms of expectations, um, it will be helpful. So for instance, if I'm emailing people at 9, 10, 11 o'clock at night, they might feel like they need to respond to me. Well, that's not the case. So I'm going to look at, you know, even scheduling emails. If, if there's something I need to do and get it off my plate, I can do it at night, but not have it sent until work hours so people don't feel obligated to reply. So I'm going to look at some ways and, and get some ideas from the team too, how we can support one another in making sure we're not burning ourselves out. I, that's just such a, it's such an insightful way of doing things that I just wish was more common practice. Um, how are you hoping that a change like this is going to impact your staff and just the way that the university functions overall? Sure. I'm hoping it's a welcomed approach. I really think this type of approach would not work if it didn't start in the president's office. I think setting an example and then talking with my leadership team to be sure they set that example to their teams so it trickles to everybody in the organization. Um, I'm excited. I think it will be embraced. It will be different for some, especially um, the more uh, traditional folks on campus, but I do hope that people will see very quickly the value um, health-wise, wellness-wise, productivity-wise, that we will all be more energized to do our work and to do it well. And speaking of that, I mean, we've talked a little bit here about generations a little bit. You talked about the traditional generation just now. We talked about your kids beforehand. You and I are having a conversation about being first women. So that's the millennial generation um, X conversation here. So as you you talked and mentioned all of these differences in the generations, what was some of the differences that you noticed from the generations and the reactions to your appointment in this position? Talk with me about that. How did the older veterans react versus, you know, the younger ones? Yeah, I think probably the starkest contrast would have been my, my kids' reaction from their generation that, oh, this is no big deal. Mom's a president. That's what women do. And then I heard from another gentleman while I was in the process, and, and I love him dearly, no offense to him whatsoever, but his generation, his, his first question was, how can you do that? You have three kids. <laughs> And the response, and I didn't say it, someone responded on, another man responded on my behalf and said, hold on there. You would not say that if she was a male candidate. Yeah. And, and he said, gosh, you're right. You're right. I'm sorry. So I, I think it, it wasn't intentional. He wasn't trying to be difficult, but that was his iner- initial reaction that shows a whole other generation um, of the initial thought process about a woman taking on a leadership role. It is so interesting to hear that and to see the differences, the progress that's been made, but it's taken years to get there. What are you hoping that other women will take away from your story? I guess my hope would be that, that um, you can have it all. And that doesn't mean it's easy to have it all. You need a supportive partner. You need supportive children. You need supportive colleagues. But you can build a culture and a team around you that understands and values the importance of work-life balance. And it, it, it can be done. If I can get through a doctoral program with three little kids and an executive vice presidency role working full time, I just feel like I've been blessed to have the family to support it, to have the boss who supported it, a male boss who supported it, and to have an organization that allowed me the flexibility to be able to do it all. And let's talk about the guys there for a minute, because 
you know, you talked about a male boss and, and your husband, what is the role that men play in helping women climb that, that ladder? I think it's a huge role. I have been blessed to have a wonderful husband who's supported me along the way. He is, you know, he's in this, this is a true partnership. We're moving to campus. We're moving our family. So before any of this was even a possibility, we had that conversation. Are you, we're going to live on campus. We need to set an example for our students. We need to be engaged in at activities. I need to get a doctorate degree before I can do this. Are you willing to have me gone? I was gone once a month for three nights. Um, and I've got three, we've got three little kids. So he said yes. And he never made me feel guilty. I think that's one of the biggest things never ever made me feel guilty about being gone. And I would come home exhausted after 25 hours of classes over the weekend. And he would have the laundry done and he would have the room pick the, the rooms picked up and he would have supper ready and a drink waiting for me when I walked in the door. <laughs> so I, I think having that support and not having that feeling of guilt um, is what made it possible. You brought up a point that, um, I was initially going to ask you, you know, how your husband responded, but you kind of told me what he did. But what I find interesting there and, and what I feel like, um, sometimes maybe women kind of combat with a little bit is those traditional male versus female roles in the household. And you just talked about being gone and he was doing laundry and making meals and taking care of kids. That's normally something that people consider a woman's job. So, Let's talk about that part just just a little here about the importance of gender roles really aren't gender roles. It's a partnership. Right. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's kind of funny. I'm in my basement right now working. My kids are upstairs virtual learning. My eight-year-old boy just put in a load of laundry. <laughs> <laughs> so I think um, certainly fathers set an example for their sons. Um, and it is truly important. Yes, we all have kind of the things that we each do, but when it comes down to it, we really do share the household responsibilities here. Yeah. So last question on this one is why is it so important that men are supporting women? What happens if they, they aren't in your corner, they aren't backing you up? Yeah, I think it wouldn't be possible for the, um, what we're seeing today, the momentum in, in female leadership. I think if we didn't have men, um, or women, for that matter, supporting us in some way, shape, or form, it wouldn't be possible. We wouldn't see the progression that we're seeing. So I think having that family support is really, really important to the continued momentum of women taking on leadership roles. Did you ever think you'd be a trailblazer like this? I mean, you're in a pretty cool role here. No, I, I just feel blessed every day. I count my blessings um, for all the support I've had. I, I never, as I said, I never wanted to be a college president, never even thought about it. Certainly not even thought about being the first female anything. So um, as a first generation college student who never imagined going beyond my bachelor's degree, um, I just, it's been an interesting journey and I've been blessed um, with the right people and the right places and the right support. Awesome. Well, Beth, thank you. I can't thank you enough for being here, sharing your story with us. It's really an honor to talk with you today. This has been fantastic. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening. And if you want to hear more Soul Source, subscribe to the show. We're available wherever you listen to podcasts. And if there's something you want us to talk about, we can do that too. We have a page. It's on Facebook. It's called the Soul Source Society. And it's where we interact with listeners. We get content ideas for future shows. We talk about past content. And overall, we just have a lot of fun. That's Soul Source Society on Facebook. We hope to see you there. 
Soul Source is brought to you by Red Shoes Inc., a leading agency that specializes in crisis and strategic communications, media relations, social media, and so much more. To learn more about Soul Source and Red Shoes, visit us at redshoesinc.com.